I spent 72 hours in L.A. proving fighting is easier when you're not on the mats. It's probably an easier lifestyle based off of some of the tremendously well-earned bruises I have, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, and still reigning jiu-jitsu game improvement host, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? That is not a title I own. You should. I don't. If there's going to be a jiu-jitsu club of L.A. Mm-hmm. that they call an L.A. jiu-jitsu club that has mm-hmm. mats in the dining or living room, depending how you look at the world. It's really a dining room, but go on. It's like a Roseanne-sized house <laughs> with mats. <laughs> that should resonate. Everyone, everyone at home like, will. got I it. I feel that most people are like, what were Raph and Kev doing at, on the set of ABC's hit comedy, Roseanne? I think that I think they would be just assume we went there. <laughs> just assume that we're in the middle of rolling and you just hear someone yell out from the kitchen, Hey Dan Take Otter And then Darlene scants by pending which stage of the show, either in goth or really. And then athletic. we don't know which Becky it's gonna be. Becky Wanny Becky. It could be both. You never know. DJ's got some what fucking dentistry he needs to get done. I know it's Jackie's either a trucker, a police officer, an entrepreneur, or yeah, the a police officer years were the best. She was really indignant about being on the force. <laughs> she really was, and don't forget when they won the fucking lotto. Anyway, welcome back to the Roseanne podcast, everybody. <laughs> That's going to be our next podcast. It's just Roseanne recaps. Oh. Recap every single one. We'll get uh, John Goodman on the show and we'll recap our favorite episodes. Anyway, Kev, what was the larger point you were making? What a weekend in jiu-jitsu. And you yes. could be a travel agent that books those trips was the thesis that it was a, a shirt 20 minutes away from Roseanneville was that. Mm. It was a fun time. So for those of you who may not know what we're talking about, Kevin and my wife conspired about a month and a half ago that for one of my birthday gifts, uh, Kevin was going to be flown out to Los Angeles to come train for a few days and have some fun. And Kevin will attest that when he comes out here, I have a host sense about me, which is to always show him the best places to go for training. So I make uh, uh, calls and texts to people who I think, oh man, Kevin really loved to train here. And a lot of the times, Kevin knows that the hardest conflict for my own personality is, well, we should also be working. However, on this particular instance, I elected to not work. So go me. It was an impressive i assumed you were on some sort of high-grade pharmaceutical you were not i checked everybody it was it was i checked i just wanted to make sure on kevin's part with his very accessible vape pen (laughs) by the way when you bring a vape pen over state lines and then are surprised when people are like you know there are a certain amount of douchebag comments that go along with that I feel you should know the burden is yours, not theirs. Well, okay. The criticism's not completely unfair, so I accept it. Okay. On behalf of the vaping community. Oh, Stop, God. Don't ever say that that <laughs> Holding two flags uh, today. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're going to rip that right back. I don't even care if like people, if that would make us more popular. I, I immediately retract it. There was 
it, imagine this if you train whatever you do our first setup was we trained with john evans where i got to custom ask some defensive questions so we got to dramatically improve some of my guard retention and footlock defense so, so if i'm being very honest immediate plus I don't like the fact that Kevin was asking specific questions for things that I tend to be very good at because I was like, uh-huh. No, that's good too. Teach him that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely teach him the defense to that thing I do very well as well. Cool. Yeah. And that was my immediate, you know, obviously I'm like, I've got my huge whiteboard that says raf's game and i'm like checking off footlock attacks <laughs> got Listen, it all right i don't like again i don't necessarily feel that uh kevin has a master plan but i will say i wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't by design because there wasn't just like hey here's some good stuff if you guys get caught in guard and uh, maybe you should do these sort of things kevin was asking like let's say raf has me in this particular position what would you do <laughs> And I'm literally looking at John Evans being like, if you tell him, you've just told him what I'm going to do. Well, you're a fuck, John. <laughs> Dead to me. Dead. So, but it happened 20 times. So anyway, go on. Very helpful. So we trained there, and then we had some fantastic rounds. Mm-hmm. Blasts. We were doing sort of two-minute rounds, which are a, con- a really fun contrast. By the way, I hadn't done sprint rounds in a while. Yeah kind of miss that when you can just do bursts of energy rounds and sort of stay coordinated for two minutes. It's a different type of breathing. It's awesome. It's anyway, very helpful. Yes. Part of the Jevons then. So it was a blast. You, me and Zach just doing round Robin rounds, round Robin rounds. Nailed it. I had a little bit of sleep today. So that was a blast. Mm-hmm. And that's step one. Imagine that you improve your game by whatever twofold in that time get some defensive tips along the way move to the la jiu-jitsu club where not only did they have a pool but the mats are right there and it's just such an inviting place to train jiu-jitsu you just want to kind of set your stuff down maybe settle in for a nap depending if you're tired they had a lot of beds did you have that instinct at all when we first got there were you like I don't, I should and- just swing down and take a fiver I don't, and I'll tell you why. You're an the adult. biggest concern, yeah, I'm an adult. I mean, of the two of us, I'm the person people will go to in case of an emergency, or for yeah, band aids, things like yeah, that. absolutely. They're gonna be like, Dumb. I cut myself, and I'll be like, oh, fuck, all right, mitt wrap, come over here, I'll get you a band aid. If people, you know, a child gets lost, they're gonna look at Kevin and be like, is an adult here? And Kevin's just gonna point at me. Uh, ref is your there he is. <laughs> So we went to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. The thing about them is, yeah, because they have the nice setup where you can stay there, you can uh, do your own thing, you can watch TV, you have a bed and breakfast kind of feel. And, you know, it is in all of the ways Airbnb, except they also have mats and two people there who train copiously under the Jean-Jacques banner. So you have uh, Eric Medina and Joey House, which, Kevin, by the way, you may notice... There is a certain pronunciation to one Joey's name that maybe you were struggling with. Yeah, I thought it was just Haas, 
based off of his physical stature and all around <laughs> beastness on the mats. It kind of mm-hmm. made sense. And I tried so desperately to very, you know, like when your friend fucks up and you try and go like, hey, Kevin, by the way, it's, you know, Joy House. Or you just try to make an example of it. And you say, wow, Kevin, that's a great idea. I know that Joey House really likes to do this. And no matter how many game show clues I threw in, Kev was very dead set on, nah. Once again, I contend it has nickname potential. The dude's a beast. He's a hoss, you might say. If you're trying to celebrate the German efficiency that undoubtedly courses through his larger-than-average biceps. It was sort of a deep metaphor to say he is do you think that's why he pummeled me so hard uh no i think your general not greatness was part of the reason why oh we i showed victoria the video just yeah it's like that's what i do and i'm not ashamed he's good what did (laughs) she say i'm intrigued to hear what her reactions were interested it's sort of you know she gets she's watched some grappling events obviously because I always have it on a computer like on the table while we're watching something else or it's around and you know it intrigues her especially some of the fun nogi matches are a blast when anyone watches. She finally gets to see me rolling with uh, somebody who's doing some movement. It's interesting. Well, good on you. Yeah. Then you and I went into the dark room and. <laughs> You know that scene in Batman Begins when he's trained by the League of Shadows? It was like that, except it just stops after really good martial arts training. There's no evil shit involved at all. Raph and I didn't go in a lab and devise an evil plan about world (laughs) backlash. We just trained. We just picked it apart. We deconstructed our game that we had seen over the last day. And if you've never done this, I strongly recommend it. Zen-like, but it will test your bruising ability. It will, and that's mostly Kevin's fault. Yeah. I Wait, my fault that I'm bruised up? Yeah, 100% it's your fault. Yeah, I'm the one grabbing the back of my bicep for arm drags. If Listen, I recall, that first was of all, me. the first day we were not even, or the second day, we weren't even really arm dragging. That was mostly you doing really stupid thing and sh- trying to attack me. Yeah, sounds right. That's that's definitely how. That's definitely how. What not the stand-up battles at all. Those have no, no it bearing. Wasn't, but, but it was you being silly and like, hey, Kev, would, I'm going to make a suggestion. Could you please just fall down right now? And you didn't take it any single time. And I thought I had made it clear. Listen, Kev, this can all go away if you just let me beat you up. And you refuse <laughs> to play along in any part of it. If you could just pull guard and be lazy. That to be, be fair, fantastic. there was a moment when I did yell at you and I said, you can pull guard at any time. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I do appreciate that about you. Not a lot of people can talk while they roll. You and I have the ability to still joke, which is fun. Not a lot of people uh, share that. A lot of people will look at you weird. <laughs> talking well, him while you're because rolling. Kevin also, I mean, Kevin is very competitive, but Kevin also is not afraid to be like, that was a glorious takedown. Did oh. you see the way that you came in on this? I did not expect that. Did but like stops, 
and then looks at you and is commentating what a person would say on the television, except it's happening. And you don't want to attack him because he's continuing to talk and he stopped rolling and you go, I would like to continue this. But Kevin's just like, but can we talk about this for a second? And I'm like, I guess so. It was good. Thank you. But you're the worst. It's a complimentary belt tie. Yes, it, it definitely so does buy Kevin a good minute or so before something worse happens. <laughs> Gotta breathe, everybody. I will say the best part is when you realign in your grips when Kevin suddenly ends up with a more advantageous grip than he started. And don't Who think I don't know. You're such a fucking dick. Every time. Imagine. And I would always be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When did you have this uh, grip behind my head? Rolling with me is dinner and a show, Raph. You get yeah. a little bit of you get a little ziggle zag. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be a trip we talk about for a while, and yeah. uh, we'll talk more about it coming up. But thank you again. That was an awesome jujitsu concierge. You did not get to see the fights last night. No, I saw a little bit of fight to win, so we kind of Perfect. split duties on the show. Kev watched a little bit of the UFC on Fox. I watched a little bit of fight to win eight. We're talk about both. So we're gonna try and cover a little bit of both. So why don't we do this? You talk about one. I'll talk about one. <laughs> Nailed it. That's genius. Hot on the air, by the way. We did not discuss that. <laughs> I'll talk about the main four fights, which are what I tuned in for and were fantastic. Felice Herrig submits Kalen Curran. Felice, so you and I rolled shirtless to practice ADCC rules. Speaking mm-hmm. of more coming out about the trip. Well, Felice Herrig is very good. Very good in just a sports bra, which is an impressive feat, everybody, <laughs> because the less rash guard, the less gi you have on, it's hard. I will she, tell you this. I was really glad that you found a way to motivate that because I like that you were like, Saying that, I go, Kev, I'm not I'm not fighting you in a sports bra, though you can use it more than I can. I would just like to say it's not happening. Not only would I like to wear one, I nope. think I'd look good. No. Nope. I do think I'd look good. No. She was a beast. Took the back, stood up, Curran tried, got submitted, got choked out. No. Beautiful. Beautiful RNC. Okay, let's ping let's ping pong over to fight to win. <laughs> wow. What flawless transition. In honor of the Summer Olympics going up, which I don't know if ping pong is in. It's in one of them. <laughs> let's talk about the main event. On the main event, you had uh, Yuri Samoas versus Dean Lister. Now, uh, I guess we should introduce our coverage of Fight to Win Pro in that Seth Daniels, the guy who runs the show, was not in the best of moods at least judging by his Facebook, because Uh he put up a status update that, um, well, how do I say? It definitely says something about a human being who wasn't pleased with how things were going. So from my own viewpoint, I was watching on my phone, and I was going to visit my dad. And when I was watching it on my phone, I noticed I was like, wait, is the sound not matching up with the footage? And it made it a little weird because our good friend John Evans was doing the commentary with uh, some second-rate podcaster 
from uh, Penetrated BJJ. Kevin, is that the name of the yes, podcast? Yes, that's I know. I'm familiar with them. Um, that one. So John was doing commentary with that, and you just would hear John's voice occasionally be like, "Well, I know uh, that this is one of the more." In there, and it's done. Raph, how long before you thought he stopped? He wasn't just doing his real weird robot impression. Well, I thought that John was malfunctioning. So <laughs> you thought he, you just assumed it was John and not the feed, and <laughs> the chip had started to skip. Well, I I didn't think the chip had started to skip. I thought, oh no, I didn't replace the chip before he left. So I I thought it was my fault. He ran out of that energy drink. Oh my <laughs> god, energy drink. No lie, I definitely did replenish him. Like it was the Hunger Games with monster drinks that would just float in the air and come to him when he was uh, doing the commentary for the worlds. Anyway, so Seth put up this note, and this is exactly what he said on his Facebook. Um, this event has been a production nightmare. Two words, not one. We are not going to be able to do deliver our best product. I am heartbroken and fucking angry. Don't ask me any stupid fucking questions tonight or bitch about anything. I'm not in the mood, which, by the way, is still kind of a run on sentence. But I guess, you know, that might be a stupid fucking question. I don't know. And my first thought was, if I read that, I would have said, can you give us an example of a stupid fucking question? But I digress. So this is one of those things where when you read it, you look and you say, it's going to be a rough night for him. I hope things turn around. Well, it did. For Seth, a little bit later, he put up a status update that said, well, my night got a thousand times better the second Kurt Osiander stepped on my stage. Winner or loser, that dude is fucking awesome. Fighters paid 30000 2000 or 225 in commissions and salary, which begs the question, how many fights were there and how many people were in those fights and how much are the athletes getting paid? Anyway, I guess that's a secondary consideration. All of those things and more. The night was weird, but Yuri Samoas was able to get a very decisive uh, victory over Dean Lister, who they seem to have some words the day before. Yeah, they did. You showed me that on our way to get coffee. I showed you that video. Tell me your recollection, and then I'm going to ask you a question after you explain what you saw. Well, first of all, you and I both agree, leave the fists down in a grappling match square off. Or embrace the Gary Tonin and choose to make a crane or swan like the karate kid crane the karate kid crane yes uh make your choice but maybe not the fists because no one's punching anyone and then yuri started to go off in portuguese about it half portuguese half english no it was all portuguese they both speak portuguese and dean started to respond and yuri was screaming about him being late making his friends wait it was a halfer and they had to be separated I lied. I said I had one question for you. I have two. Yeah. Okay. Question one. Was that staged? Oh, I don't. I wouldn't think so. No, but maybe. I had people professing up and down. That wasn't staged. That wasn't staged. Well, it had the feel of a stage. Now, I can say that the two of them may be legitimately people who have beef, but it's a little weird to have two grapplers start by the fists up and then having like that look at each other like i'm gonna look at these fists they have nothing to do with what i'm gonna do except if i grab a good grip although it's no gi so you better look out for this cup grip i'm about to get on your shoulder you motherfucker one side the second side more important question kevin 
and maybe it's just I say it, and maybe I'm just influenced by my country, but do you feel that when people get into an argument here in America, it should be in American and that people shouldn't be yelling out that Brazilian jiu-jitsu language when they start getting into fights, when they put their fists up, and they are arguing. Obviously, I agree with you. Yeah. But I kind of like the <laughs> Portuguese. Anytime another language enters, it's more terrifying. But I don't disagree with you, Rev, especially in this political climate. Because I know when I get in America, this is... Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I call this American discourse. When those two people talk to each other and they yell, I think to myself, I don't know what they just said. This isn't flow grappling in Portuguese, whatever that might mean. It might be flow scratch. No, it's American. It's flow grappling. Especially since Trump's supporters tend to favor ronda rousey as an build that wall build Build that that wall wait is there a wall that goes down to like uh, to like the brazil is there a wall that we can put up there i don't think so all right anyway go back to ufc on folks ufc on fox fight two will only take a few seconds to talk about because it was only a few seconds long francis a new clubbed bohan milhasvik Right as Joe Rogan was praising his judo potential. <laughs> that this is an interesting Oh fuck. <laughs> that was basically the <laughs> sequence of events. And this is a good time to tell you, Raf, during one awkward promo, they said, Hey, check out this, and they clipped to a theater with Joe Rogan's name that says Joe Rogan. Performing this weekend while he's UFC commentating at the State Theater. And Joe Rogan's like, I wasn't at the State Theater last night. He was like, it says last night on the, th- yeah, the performance. Wait, what? He's like, that was a year ago. They have the wrong clip. They have a clip from a year ago. And it was an awkward 45 seconds where Goldberg's like, but I'm sure you performed and, you know, you did perform at that place. So just like go with it. Like it was such a weird breakdown. Francis knew, uh, I think I'd. I think I'd rather fight a, a shark. Yeah. There's a lot to what you just said. So let's, I, I want to stick on the Joe Rogan thing momentarily. We'll come back to Francis with the Joe Rogan thing. Can you blame Goldie? It seems like it's beyond his comprehension. It's not fair to him. It's, he's got the Ron Burgundy disease. He reads what's on the teleprompter. It's I'm tonight. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> it's, but you did comedy, right? It's like, he's so, just rereading it. Mostly. To Goldie's defense, you know that he's definitely looking at Joe being like, well, you know, it's an established fact. You do do comedy. Am I right there, Joe? Yeah, I do comedy. You fucking idiot. But I wasn't there last night. Joe was so adamant. He's like, but I wasn't there. I was at a different theater. But you have performed there. Have you not? It's a great theater. They've got clips from last year, though. That's weird. (laughs) Uh, hey man, it'd be best if we look at the fights. Joe, I have to ask you one more question about this. <laughs> God, please don't, Goldie. Just one more question. Uh, uh, pensively at Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe <laughs> looks at him back very angrily. The, 
Joe Rogan goes, coming up next. And then Joe just kind of buries himself in the desk. That Broadway musical you're working on, the UFC, that you told me not to tell anyone about, I think has yeah, some wheels. Yeah. I can already hear it. Coming up next is going to be the best musical anybody's ever seen. The UFC sale from the perspective of one Mike Goldberg. <laughs> The one-man show with 15 people in it. 30 minutes, and it's going to change your life. (laughs) Because only Goldberg would go out on stage and start a monologue that's like... You could put them perched above center stage and have the whole transaction going on (laughs) with Joe Rogan's like angry conspiracy theories. Hello and welcome to the story that is my life. This is Mike Goldberg reporting live on my own life story. We've got a lot of show to get to. Coming with me, as always, my partner, Joe Rogan. Joe, what do you have to say about my life? I hate being here. What the fuck am I doing here? This is a one-man show. Well said. And you know what's important about this story and my real life? They're virtually identical. Now let's go to the tale of the tape. The graphics team will be there, and you're going to have all of the graphics you need. They do that, like, really shitty porn music that happens in the back. Fight to win? Yeah, fight to win. Back to this. So Gary Tonin ends up having a great match. No way. What do you know? Kevin, what do you know? How do you believe that match was ever going to go with Gary Tonin being involved? Do you heel hook him? No, hey, listen. Spoiler alert, you dick. Don't ever fucking go over my head and tell people what's already happened. I just assumed based off of what uh, that Gracie said. I think what's he that? has a good heel hook. But what happens when the heel hook doesn't work? <laughs> well... <laughs> We find out when the heel hook doesn't work, it turns into a pretty good uh, knee bar. According to Rafis Barza, knee bar. According to Gary Tonin, knee bar. Listen, Kev, Kev, it's more than just about being right. And granted, yes, there are videos that show I have a very good way of predicting things before they happen. And yes, you can actually prove it. But that's not what matters. What matters is Gary Tonin was able to get vengeance over Dustin Akbari. And it was a good match because Dustin Akbari was throwing the shit out of Gary Tonin. And normally that makes you a little bit fearful, like, oh, shit, Gary's going to lose this match. But Gary, as we were noticing with a lot of other people, I think our friend Joey House was saying it. Uh, what's Joey's name again, Kev? House? Yeah, there we go. Joey was saying that Gary does a good job of making frames, and that's exactly what Gary did every time he got thrown. And some of those slams looked like they were kind of taking it out of him. And Akbari was making a very good statement to the point where even our good friend John Evans was making those kind of like hyperbolic statements that only John Evans can say, which is like, it would be a huge upset. I know that for sure. Oh, man, this is looking really good right now. And uh, here's what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Gary Tonin does Gary Tonin, which is gets a heel hook. However, Kev... <clears throat> There was something that happened that I think that was uh, kind of hilarious that we do need to bring up. Apparently, like Seth said, there were some technical issues that went on throughout the evening, right? Yes, including with apparently John Evans' brain. Yeah, well, we can't prove that it was a John Evans heart attack, but we can prove that uh, they were having hard times trying to pair up 
uh, I guess some of the audio and uh, the other tool from inside BHJ. I think his name is Matt. He was doing the announcements throughout the evening, which usually those people go up to talk to the athletes after the match goes on, right? Mm-hmm. Not in this case. So I don't know if it had to do with some audio issues, but cut to Gary Tonin, who's used to being interviewed after his matches, looking around and being like, Hey guys, so is this going to happen or not? Do I need to go bang some chick in the back or no? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. So I send Gary a note and I just go, Hey buddy, um, you know, good job out there. It's kind of a rookie mistake that they didn't interview you. And Gary sends me back a text that just goes, Yeah, I know, it's kind of weird. So <laughs> what did I send you, Kevin, that was indicative of all that? The picture of him standing alone with a belt with a comic bubble that says rap (laughs) send that to gary gary laughs profusely but yes uh kind of a missed opportunity to go ahead and talk to him so other than that great match i would highly recommend that you guys go look at that on the uh replay um so there's that kev your turn to tag in on the rest this just in Breaking news, Edson Barbosa has great kicks. What Joe Rogan calls the fastest kicks ever. Were they? They look pretty fucking fast. Okay. Yeah, I would call that accurate. Just It gets to a point in the third round, end of the third, where you just don't want him to kick anymore. It's like, please stop. You win. The fight's over. This one had a lot of... I would say Gilbert Melendez stunned him three times. Mm. And I would say Barbosa caught him at least... Uh, I mean, very seriously, almost finished the fight with knee strikes. It looked like he did stop a little bit. Like, just out yeah. of pure respect. At the end, they put their fists up out of respect in the last two seconds because they were kind of out of an exchange and they had been pummeling one another for three consecutive rounds. Crowd booed a little bit. I thought that was classless. It was a great fight. Let's let's discuss this, Kev. Let's say there's a teachable moment here. Uh, you broke some of the training protocol of n- revealing what happened during our training session. I'll break it too. You guys should know this. So you know that Kevin and I have a, a very contested uh, sort of uh, disagreement on jiu-jitsu, a.k.a. I don't like Kevin. He disagrees that I should. So when we were rolling, Kev, I think we clocked in, you and I, training together. We did drilling and all that stuff for about a good six, seven, eight hours, right? Yes. Of that, there was two hours where we actually rolled against each other. The longstanding joke between me and Kevin is there's never been a finish. You would think the law of averages would say that one of us would acquire a finish in the two hours where it was just me and him rolling. Did that happen? It did not. Okay. Is that frustrating to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think we both left away with a little uh, toothpaste taste yeah. in our mouth. It's a little bit like at some point you just look at Kevin and you go, could you have finished that? What, what are you doing with that? Like you, well, ADCC rounds, people, are no joke. They are and not. If you have someone with good defense, you know, Raph and I aren't about the heel hook game really when we're training. I guess Not that's yet. like their answer to it. I think it is, yes. And it is a little harder to really justify going for heel hooks on, let's put it this way, on Kevin's side, 
trying to break my knee, which has never seen an injury like that, and knowing what he's gone through. And then on my side being like, hmm, do I put him back on the shelf? Because every human being I've talked to about Kevin has been like, Raph, seriously, just take out his knee. And I'm like, I don't know that I can. I honestly, like, I hate Kevin, but I think I hate him more when he's not training. Yeah. So after all of these things, Kevin, hearing these two people spending their last couple seconds on their clock, raising their hands, did we misplay our own last few seconds of our last roll? We didn't throw our hand up. We should have. We should have 100% just been like, we did it. We made I definitely it. had a flash. I was like, nice. <laughs> we should have, gentlemen. I mean, we just did the pound. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like non-egotistical assholes. Like, how humble are we? Like, we should, a little showmanship is good. Yeah, no shit. Ugh, okay. Uh, fight to win. Yeah, okay, fight to win. I'm going to go down the rest of these because I know Kevin's got a little bit more to say about UFC on Fox, but I'm just going to drive by the rest of what you really need to know. Uh, Barrett Yoshida, good match. Fighting He's just a warrior. God damn. Sorry. He just fought. I'm impressed. Well, Yoshida was showing up at all the same places Gary is, essentially. (laughs) So why not? Uh, Barrett Yoshida defeated uh, Wolf Barnado. I hope he doesn't understand that. uh, I'm trying to make fun of his name, but it is hard to pronounce a name that's Wolf Bornado. Uh We also had uh, Milton, or I'm sorry, Milton Bastos get defeated by Alex Kanders. Thomas Cronin defeated Kurt Osiander and uh, Bill Cooper returned to form with a great submission victory over Jason Scovell. Tanner Rice also defeated uh, Mauricio Alonso Bow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mauricio Alonso, not Bow, but by Bow and Arrow Choke. <laughs> so, anyway, those were some of the main highlights before it. There were some good matches on there. Uh, decide for yourself. Go look and see the footage. I know Seth is going to rail on about how pissed he was about it, but make your own decisions. And if I can give some advice to Seth, don't get so caught up in the Dana White side of promoting where you're going to bitch about the event while it's going on. It's just, it's a little too much out there because he did an about face once Kurtz Osiander made it out there. And then his night was suddenly better. So for the love of God, just chill the fuck out and do the event. And I think people understand that sometimes audio issues or production issues come up, but if you act with the sense of don't fucking talk to me, well, no. What if I have to ask you a question and I work on your team? Or more importantly, what if I'm a fan? And I think the fans always deserve the ability to uh, talk to you or to at least interact with you. You can respond however you want to, but uh, saying don't talk to me makes it seem like you're above any kind of communication, which, you know, if you are, great. Just don't respond, but... I think it's just funny uh, language. Like, what if this podcast came out and Kev, I was like, don't talk to me. <laughs> it's don't a talk shitty podcast. You also, I, I also think like a different metaphor is what if uh, we finish the podcast and I see it? Mm-hmm. I was like, the fuck, Raph? Like, <laughs> I was out there podcasting my balls off for you. 
You're on Facebook <laughs> slamming me? Well, it wouldn't even be the podcast coming out. It'd just be mid-podcast and me being like, guys, don't hold me responsible for anything this dipshit does that I'm talking to right now. Granted, it's an okay show. Could be better, but don't talk to me about Kevin. Seriously, do not. Do not talk about it. Ten minutes later. Kevin, you know, Kevin really brought up my night again. I got to say, give credit to him. Great <laughs> show. It's been a lot of fun. We, we, we had some ciders. Everything's good. I agree. It's childish. You know, fake it till you make it there, sweetheart. Let me give him a little condescending. Good job there. Way to be <laughs> sexy. Sweetheart, Jeff. You know, Thank you. Uh, ping pong to UFC. Yep. Home versus Shevchenko. Uh, this fight rocks. Holly yeah. Holm is a specimen of endurance and cardio and strength. And Valentina Shevchenko put that to the test with some superior striking skills. Some just grade A Muay Thai, some great trips, uh, some really active, good ground and pound. Accidentally opened up Holly's eye with her head. In the second, I guess, third round, but she had been uh, pretty well punching her. And you could tell that might have had an effect on the fight, but it wasn't purposeful. She hooked and her head kind of bumped into Holly's. So you saw a little bit of blood from that. Otherwise, Shevchenko dominated, just dominated. A lot of people were surprised that Holly Holm didn't show up in this fight. Was it that she didn't show up or was it that... Maybe sometimes, and Kev, I may be saying something crazy here. Some fighter may show up who people don't know about who might also be good. I believe it's more the latter. Because I watched Holly Holm and I thought she was cardio fantastic. Maybe she was a smidge slower than I thought she was. But at the same time, I was watching Valentina Shevchenko throw strikes. And Mm. it was vicious and it was precise. And spinning... She connected with so many spinning back fists and spinning back kicks that whatever she saw in Holly Holmes' game, she exploited. I thought it was really well done and picked her apart. So we're going to see Nunez versus Shevchenko, and that's going to be a good fight. I have to ask this. Yeah, well, first of all, are people going to watch that fight? Because foreign names sounds the, like, uh-oh. I'm going to watch the shit out of that fight. Because here in America, when we don't understand what those Brazilians <laughs> are talking to each other about... I, we this want to know great. what these broads are saying to each other as well. And I don't know. They got too many syllables in their name, so Even I may not America, watch it. You know, middle America is going to find this tolerable. Fair enough. Probably. We'll see. You can't ever judge what middle America may or may not say. Hey, Ohio, we haven't forgotten you. Don't worry about no, that. You're still a part of our lives. Hello. As we say all these things, though. I feel like Holly Holm said something, and I wanted to get your thought, which is after the fight in the post-presser, she said "Mm, maybe she just needs to believe in herself a little bit more. Yeah, I guess. uh, You know, I I just didn't think she did that bad a job. I know she was hypercritical and it's tough, but sometimes she fights somebody good and sometimes she's not feeling great. And hopefully she's a little bit more proud today as she reflects because I thought she was amazing. And um, I was surprised to see her get uh, so down on herself. But she kind of just looked like she was taking the loss hard. 
But can we be real though? There are fights when you really get over dominated and just you look out of your league, and that's fine. But if you make it the five rounds, can you at least allot yourself just a little bit of credit that you didn't just get worked or you didn't just get a lucky knockout or you didn't just get something that would look terrible in terms of gray and scheme of things? Um Sure, I guess and for her, you know, I don't, as you know, Raph, I don't hold myself to those athletic standards. Sure. Nobody does. Do it. <laughs> so, you know, you see that and you kind of feel like uh, you're watching someone Kobe-esque sort of explaining. Yeah. It's like, I missed 15 shots here. Or Peyton explaining. So Holly, you know, she's a mature athlete. Can I actually throw like a little bit of what I thought as a counter at you? Please. She's also 34, mm. 35. You don't think maybe there's a little embracement of just becoming an older fighter. We need to make a big show about this one day because I feel it's a real thing, which is a lot of people talk about athleticism in fighting. And I know that it's a real thing. And I know that, you know, there is such a primary thing that goes to the youth. I think that's part of the reason why people love Sage Northcutt so much, which is that, yeah, he's got a loss that was high profile, but he represents so much in the future that could be very potential. Like he's so young, he may get better or maybe he's going to be around forever and we can love the fact that he's going to get the shit kicked out of him by people who don't fucking flip in the air. I'm just saying there's possibilities. So that may be part of it. When people get to be about 34, they're like, your best days are behind you. And you have some who start to peter out. Like, I hate to say it, but let's say BJ Penn doesn't have the greatest statue now that he did when he was a younger area. I don't know. Maybe when the prodigy made more sense in terms of his middle name. So that's one example. On the other side, you have people like Dan Henderson who magically find their way back to title shots. Yes. And still kind of knock people out. And then you go, oh, did he knock that person out? Well, that's crazy. He's so old. And that's exactly the way that sentence goes every single fucking time. <laughs> so in terms of Holly Holm, she is at 34, which I believe is kind of that that breaking point of maybe she could be great and come back from this. But it is two big losses. And her saying that her confidence is shaken is a little rough. But... Who's to say that she can't find herself in that division reworking her boxing with those adjustments with a great camp and really start to make amends to those areas? But it brings up the question, which I was bringing up initially, which is you don't know when you get old. There's never a pronounced moment where you get to say like, oh, shit, Frankie Edgar isn't as fast as he used to be. But it happens to certain athletes And it just comes out of the blue where you're like, oh, man, Anderson Silva is the king. Nobody's ever going to touch him because he's the best. You know he's like 38 right now. Nah, he's the best. He's going to – oh, Chris Whiteman knocked the fuck out of him. Well, that was because he was just being foolish and then, oh, next fight, yeah, he knocked the shit out of him again. He kind of ruined his leg. Um, uh Uh-oh. So for those reasons and more, we don't know when those people who we put on these pedestals end up getting old because, again, they've been put on a pedestal for a reason. They've done great things. They are great athletes. But there is a very real science, you may follow it, that shows the body starts to slow down a little bit. And we can't really scientifically, at least not yet, moneyball and figure out when that does happen and if somebody can moneyball when it does happen for every individual athlete in the ufc call us 
fucking we would like to talk please because we need to chat and i need you to fucking miss cleo this shit and yeah i just made a reference that is 16 years old turn that tarot card baby (laughs) that's not what she said that was not her main (laughs) reference it was call me now call me now I just love that you you went full steam ahead on a reference that you weren't even sure was right, but you did I it, was Kevin. Positive. Douglas. I remember Miss Cleo and that purple acid. You always felt like you were on acid the second her commercial came on. But were you on acid? No, I was younger. And that still doesn't protect you from anything. I don't think I was on acid. Fair enough. I just know <laughs> bringing up Miss Cleo's. Call me now is so vital to this because if they can moneyball that, I would love to see that science. And I know there are some of you who are like, I know when people get old. I, it's just it's very hard to tell. And it sometimes happens suddenly. And I would love to do an entire show based on the exact moments when a particular set of athletes, a case study maybe, maybe got a smidge slower and older. And maybe didn't win as much. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm done with that. Well, simultaneously, and I think we're both in agreement, still a blast to watch a fight. And she was just in that. She really pushed it in the fifth round and rattled Shevchenko a little bit. But uh, Shevchenko was fast. So can't wait to see Holly Holm and Misha Tate settle their beef in the next fight, which kind of makes sense. And. I got to tell you, this fight also made me ready for Rousey to be back. Yeah. I'm kind of ready to see, because last night as Holly Holm, they were like, this is the most important fight of Holly's career. It's like, shut up. No. Do not. How <laughs> dare you? She beat the undefeated champ. That was a huge moment in fighting history. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> but, if everything's but let's the look best, at this. nothing can be the best. Let's say this. I know they want to have Ronda fight for the title immediately, but I would love to see Ronda versus Holly again. Just based for this fact that Holly's come down from two big psychological fights where she doesn't feel that she's at her best. And you have to wonder if Ronda's going to come back. And at the same point, I would rather see that than Misha now that Misha doesn't have the title. And Amanda Nunez is like, oh, shit, she looked deadly. But then in that division, do you know what the fuck's ever happening? The answer is no. I am answering my own rhetorical question. It is widely known that most people have no fucking clue what's ever going to happen in that division. And I think that's what makes it somewhat exciting because we really have no clue who could step up at any given time and take it. And if this chick – I'm sorry. What is her full name, Kevin? Valentina Shevchenko. Go. There we go. It's worth its money to hear Kevin say the name. If this lady is going to be this dominant, it does raise questions on how it would be with, say, Nunez. So let's see what happens with the Nunes and the Manashenko. That's all I'm saying. Go women's division. Hey, Bellator, some fun fights. You and yes. I cruised through some, watched Dave Rickles lose to a very motivated Melvin Gilliard. Yes. That was awesome. Great fight. Once again, uh, stay tough, Rickies. Keep that bearded face buried. <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight, Raph. It's crazy. I think so. Yep. It's nuts. Let's move to some shout outs. Yep. I shall start. 
to BJJ Breakdown Academy. John Evans, Zach Something Lane. What a day training with your fellow killers. LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Joey House, and Eric Matina. Your place is amazing, and I love everything you stand for. That was a great... I haven't even talked about... Joey just gave us a Nogi lesson where I was asking him everything. Just asking question after question. Okay, defensively, offensively, show me this attack. Uh, Let's do some... Hey, let's do some truck. Yeah, you're an expert. Raph clued me in on Joey's ability to to roll to the truck. It was like, uh, oh, this is unbelievable. So that was. And did I lie? No, you did not lie. And I also went to the Raph School of Defense, which I'm really (laughs) looking forward to because I've been getting some real serious killers come at my neck and submit me and come at my limbs and take them. It was a much needed. Uh, it was a much needed trip out there, and to your lovely wife, who arranged yes. it, and also saved me from having a full-on hangry, panic, fall asleep tantrum. <laughs> the, the first <laughs> night, I wasn't like ver- verbally. I was too tired to voice anything. I was just gonna fall asleep in like a fit of rage. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Good night. Uh, no, fortunately <laughs> there was a burger and a shake waiting and it was like, ah, oh, I needed that fuel. Great, great to see Joey. And I even watched big brother with them, which is a testament yes. to like, you know, you just want to hang out with people. They're good people. It was a blast. Yes, absolutely. And to you, sir, for, you know, picking me up from the airport and yeah. taking me places. And tolerating my pen. (laughs) Your vape pen is so fucking weird. It's very hard to watch Kevin do use the vape pen because he just does it and then he doesn't understand the amount of douchebaggery that's associated with it. It's just kind of lost upon him. But we tolerate him. So let's go to my shout outs. Um, I'm going to echo the same ones as Kevin, but I do want to say to our friends over at uh, the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Eric and Joey. Uh, not only were they great to us, but they have always been amazing with us, specifically here at uh, the Verbal Tab cast. They were helping me get ready for Kevin, and uh, they had vested interest. They were like, how did things go? And I was like, nothing changed. Kevin's very good at what he does. And they were like, oh, guys, that's so awesome. We can't, ha- we can't believe we were there to help facilitate the two of you beating the shit out of each other and i was like i will guarantee you a that thank you but b we will beat the shit out of each other anywhere anytime any place so we're just glad it was with you guys thanks it was very helpful so that's number one number two of course the same thing with john evans um i I can't say this enough because the nicest thing john did for us was giving us uh the ability to train at his gym and we had plans to go to a whole bunch of different places. And I'm sorry if you're listening in. We really did try to get everywhere that we possibly could. It just wasn't working out time-wise or schedule-wise. And we had places to other be otherwise. But there is something interesting. And Kevin did make a, a note of it earlier, which is that when you get the opportunity to really exchange information with uh, one of your good friends, you really should take advantage of it. And I know a lot of people... When they go to open mats, they just think, I need to roll, I need to roll, I need to roll. 
it is super refreshing to have somebody who's equally advantageous in the learning process. And I know Kevin was joking when he was making mention to the fact that he showed up at both Breakdown and the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club asking questions. But one thing, and I will say these very nice things quickly and then go back to my normal self that I do appreciate about Kevin is, is that when he is going to these places, he is asking questions first before he is rolling because he has a very good passion for the sport. So it's not like he needs to win or he needs to be the best jujitsu grappler of all time, but it comes from a very earnest place of teach me something I didn't know, which I think is indicative of all the best jujitsu practitioners. So to watch Kevin do that and then learn and then implement so many of those techniques is truly fun to watch. And I do appreciate the fact that Kevin and my wife were in collusion to uh, make this trip happen. And, Granted, I did ask her at the very beginning if she did give me a receipt because it was Kevin that she was going to fly out of here of the literal hundreds of people that I know. But I will tell you so many I'd love to see. (laughs) I Um, will introduce you to every other person I may have put it higher on that list. But I will tell you why Kevin makes the most sense to come out this way, which is. When the two of us get to nerdily go over techniques, there is no funner time that you will have than making the most of the opportunities you get to have with your friend when you don't get to train with them every day. And I would kill to train with Kevin every single day. So getting the opportunity to go literally train, eat, come back, train, drill, wake up in the morning way too early because I'm not a morning person and still get up to go train with your friend is one of the best gifts that you can get. So to you and to Kelly, uh, I have so much appreciation for making that happen because the whole time Kevin was here, it was so much fun to literally look at him and say, hey, can I just try this real quick? And Kevin goes, yeah, I'd love to see this. And uh, that always makes your jiu-jitsu get better. So before I close, I will say one last thing. And then I'm done saying nice things for Kevin for the end of the year. Uh When Kevin was out on injury last year, I was very nervous and I was very sad that he wouldn't get to train every single day because I know what it does for me. And when I trained with him back in Vegas, it was great to see him have that passion still and still have to work through some things. But I can tell you the amount of shit that Kevin was beating out of me this week was uh, very good to see because... I know in his personal mind, you get doubts on if you'll come back better or stronger. And I can attest that from the last couple times that I've rolled with Kevin, he has come back against science's wishes, uh, better and stronger than where he was before he was injured. And that is a testament to his passion for the sport and his resolve. So I would like to pass that on to him. And I thank him for making me better at jujitsu and for, you know, just coming to have a good time because as Kevin mentioned, this will be a trip that we reference for a good while. We love doing these things. We would love to have done more for you guys in particular, but since I was told this was a vacation, I learned how to take one, and I did. So I enjoyed it, and my thanks to him for coming out and taking the time to do so. What a jiu-jitsu. It was, uh, I came back a changed person. I told Victoria it was like climbing a mountain of sorts. All right, we're back. Uh, That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Go train with Gary Tony. Yeah. (laughs)